My friend Chuck Till's post was timely because we've been using vinegar a lot these days. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of December 11th, 2014. You know, last week we talked about our experience, among other things, cleaning out the chicken coop in preparation for putting our new girls into it and having it uh, free of hopefully any residue of disease, viruses, etc. And by the way, they are settled in in the coop and doing nicely. Seem to be doing well. Um, Although they have not yet found the roost. And I'm I'm reassured by that because I'm I'm reading what old hands have to say and basically their advice is quit worrying about it. When they need it, they'll find it. Right. They get on the little ramp that leads up to the roost, but they're not going up and getting in yet. But they are enjoying their newfound uh, space, spatial, uh, almost palatial uh, (laughs) (laughs) habitat right now. But anyway, that whole experience of cleaning out that coop made me think a little bit about our choice of disinfectant, vinegar. And it is sort of a wonderful um, substance because there are so many uses for it. And my friend Chuck Till, who has a blog called Yo-Yo Dine, notes from Yo-Yo Dine, um, posted this morning about vinegar. And it was sort of a fresh reminder for us of the neat things about vinegar. So we thought we might talk a little bit about what it means to us here on the farm. Right, because um, we're certainly interested in in subsistence and being self-sufficient as much as possible. Um, I'm not ready to tackle making my own vinegar yet. That looks pretty complicated uh, from what I can read, but it's inexpensive. I buy it in quantity, in mass quantities at Costco, both apple cider and white distilled vinegar I can buy at Costco. So, um, but we just think having some product like that that is multi, I guess, has multiple uses and um, is versatile, um, actually doesn't have some of the health problems associated with it that unknown chemicals might. Um, we think it it's a, it goes fits in nicely with the farm lifestyle that we have. Uh, one of the th- the questions that Chuck asked in his post is how many kinds of vinegar do you own? And our quick reconnoiter says we have six, I'm sorry, yeah, six uh, kinds. The first we use rarely. It's kind of scary. It's 20% vinegar that we keep in one-gallon jugs out on the floor of the barn. Uh, That is a powerful acid, and it will take your skin off, so we handle it with a great deal of care. The reason we have it is if you want to kill weeds then actually you're not even supposed to spray 20%. You're supposed to dilute that down to 10%. Normally when we use it, and frankly we use it rarely these days because we just typically don't do anything to kill weeds other than um, you know, cardboard and mulch and that sort of thing and but just it, pulling them right. by hand. And you may wonder why did we get 20%. It's because that's all I could find on online. And it was cheaper. It was I, cheaper. I think we could find 10%, but it was cheaper to buy 20% and dilute it. Which is what we do. Plus, it takes up less space to store. Exactly. 
Uh, then we have some apple cider vinegar that you use for pepper sauce. Right. And, and you know, there are many, any number of recipes that call for apple cider vinegar, but uh, pepper sauce is the main one that I, for which I use that. And also there are a couple of pepper jelly recipes that um, use it, but the one I use this year used white vinegar, but you can use it for that. Uh, red wine vinegar and balsamic vinegar, and I guess fig vinegar as well. We have those three different kinds of vinegar that we use primarily in food. Right. Um, you know, we're, we've developed a real taste for balsamic vinegar dressings, and I don't know if you can count this as a vinegar that we have around here, but uh, we have pre, pre-mixed salad dressings, bottled salad dressings that are balsamic vinaigrette that, of course, the main ingredient that for our flavor that we like is the vinegar. And our friend Jane Mobley loves herb vinegars, but we've not yet tiptoed into that sphere. Right. But, you know, we may have to at some point, I've, now that I'm beginning to grow more and more herbs. Yeah. May choose to. What did she tell us needed to be, needed some herb vinegar? It was the pepper sauce. Because, do you remember, you took a picture of all those jars of pepper sauce that I had made. Right. And you put it on Facebook, and you were describing that it ranged from maybe mild, although I'm not sure any of it will be really mild, but um, the, the, red, the red jalapenos should be bracing, as you put it. And I think she was commenting that an, a certain type of herbed vinegar would add to the braciness. So, okay. Um, if we wanted it super hot, and I don't yet know how I would do that, but um, I think maybe for next year's peppers, I'm willing to give it a try. All right. Um, we save the best for last, which is the white vinegar that I think of as our utility infielder. That white vinegar gets used in just many, many different ways. You buy it by the gallon at Costco, and it stays in the storage room, and we just dilute it as needed for whatever purpose we need. Right, right. And, and a lot of that is, some of it's seasonal with certain cooking needs, but some of it's just year-round cleaning in particular. Yeah, so let's uh, sort of run through that. Uh, we have a, a, we keep bottles of 10% white vinegar that we use as sort of miscellaneous cleaner. Right, just right around the, under the kitchen sink so it's handy and I can clean off and that's at that um, concentrate level. It's not dangerous to your metal or anything like that. Um, one thing Chuck says in his blog post is if you get above 8%, that can corrode metal. So you right. need to be very careful yeah, with that. Yeah, when we say 10%, we don't mean 10% vinegar because the white vinegar that you, you keep in the storage room is already deleted down to... It's 5%. What? Typically what you okay. buy, if in fact, if anyone's wondering, if, when you go to the store and you just buy a bottle of vinegar, typically it's 5%. I'm glad you knew that. And if you are, and if you're canning with it, you need to make sure it is at least 5%. Because if a recipe, a canning recipe like pickles or whatever, calls for vinegar, it's assuming 5% and any less might not kill some of the bacteria that could thrive. So when we say 10% vinegar solution, what we're saying is 10% of 5%, which is one half exactly. of 1%. Yeah, what we're, I guess when we're talking about bottles that we keep around the farm for cleaning purposes and disinfectant purposes, what we want people to understand is we're talking about how much we dilute the vinegar and the water. 
the five percent right. vinegar that Correct. I bought purchased from the store. Right. So yeah, we take you know a ten to one ratio of um, vinegar to water. That is the ninety percent being the water, and that's what I keep by the kitchen sink. And then you can actually, I actually keep a bottle of full strength vinegar. That is the five percent. Um, that you buy down there too, because if it's really a stubborn stain, I'll probably use that. Mm-hmm. Um, we use it on the, the kitchen sink just to clean it, um, along with hand soap or dishwashing detergent or something like that. We use it whenever we're getting ready to hang out clothes. You're a stickler for your for the cleanliness of your clothesline, so right. we just have a towel that we moisten with that 10% vinegar solution and wipe down the clothesline before we mm-hmm. hang out clothes. Right, right. And, you know, one thing about vinegar, once you've, um, you, I, I usually then dry it off just to make sure, you know, there's no residue. But even if it stayed, it just air dried, you'd be fine because um, that's not, we found that out with the chicken coops. You know, you can just leave it on there and it's eventually going to not, it won't present any problem to whatever touches it the next time. You can use it to clean off the stove. Now, we have a glass cooktop on the uh, range we have down here at the barn, and we use a commercial chemical for that. But up at the uh, lodge, we have a regular porcelain cooktop, and we use vinegar and... Uh, baking soda, I think. But was it vinegar and baking soda? Yeah. I was thinking it was vinegar and salt. No, that we ba- use baking that. soda. Vinegar and baking soda to, to clean that off, and it works fairly well. Takes a little elbow grease, but um, so would anything. Yeah, it's just that the grease that can build up that gets difficult to um, remove. That's it's very useful for that that combination. Okay, talk about pickling. Well, when I make pickles from my cucumbers, um, that's white vinegar, and as I said, I make sure it's at least I've never bought any that wasn't five percent from the s- s- grocery store. But um, that's the main thing. It's just it's a, a Pickles, uh, I mean, that is cucumbers, uh, the vinegar, and the pickling spices. That's your recipe for canning cucumbers. And so, and it, it, when you walk into the kitchen in the middle of a pickling operation, there is a palpable feeling of vinegar in here. Right. Yeah. It's pretty powerful then. Uh, but, of course, it works out well in the pickles themselves. We just finished, as you were saying at the at the beginning of the t- podcast, we just finished using it to disinfect the chicken coop and the brooder bin where the chicks had been hanging out before we moved them to the coop. Right. So, um, so disinfectant, and we can talk more about disinfectant, but that was something that was really important that we get done and get done in a hurry so, uh, so that it could be sunning and airing out, and um, that worked very well. And that was a 50-50, that is 50%, yes. 5%. Or... I'm glad you mentioned that. We boosted the, the concentration level for that right. task. So 50% uh, vinegar solution for the chicken coop and the brooder bin. And we did that after reading what other people had done and saying, yeah, that makes sense. Um, we've we use vinegar to remove stains from dishes. I've got this tea mug, and I'm now that we've been through all this, and I'm rereading all of it. I'm I'm looking forward to trying it on my tea mug to see um, how that's going to work. But I, the my, the inside of this particular white mug that I use among the various mugs that I use gets really dark brown, and it's kind of gross. 
So I'm looking forward to trying that. Good. Yes. That's even though it goes to the dishwasher, you still have that yeah. residue. Yeah. We know it's clean, mm -hmm. but it's stained. And what I'm going to use is a mixture of vinegar and salt with just enough, uh, you know, just wipe that around and keep scrubbing until it removes those stains. And I think it will. That should be a happy mug after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that we, that I do on a frequent basis, sometimes when you have your plastic garbage bag liner in the uh, in the kitchen garbage can um, you pull it out and there's nothing there's no residue or there's no food that's gotten onto the can itself but sometimes you still have the odor from the garbage so I'll just spritz a little bit of uh, it's the 10% vinegar solution that I keep in the bottle and put it out in the sun for a while and that evaporates and it, it does really help the odor so I yeah, highly it recommend it that. up nicely um we also use vinegar in lieu of bleach sometimes in the laundry. When it needs disinfectant. And that's, if you've had somebody, I'm not a health nut or anything about that. Normally, I don't put any disinfectant in my laundry detergent, in with the laundry detergent. But if someone's been sick, and um, especially if, if they've slept on a set of sheets that I don't want to wash in hot water, because that would ruin the sheets, um, Putting in some, and there's a certain formula you use. You know, you should read the instructions or go online. You can find out what proportion, and, and all of that depends on what kind of washing machine you have, too. So we happen to have one that uses HE products, and so I have to adapt from there. But anyway, the vinegar in lieu of bleach or hot water can help aid in disinfecting. And of course, um, in addition to that, while we're talking about disinfecting the laundry, um, either the, the heat from a dryer or hanging the laundry out in the bright sunshine can uh, further aid the disinfecting process. Yeah, nothing like sunshine to disinfect Absolutely. clothing. But if it's the middle of winter and you don't have sunshine, then it's good to know that you'd, you'd want to put it in a hot, you know, warm dryer to have that heat as well. But again, I feel better if I've used the, the vinegar to start out the process. And you use vinegar sometimes to clean out your coffee pot. Yes, um, I'm sure any avid coffee drinker uh, will resonate with what I'm saying. You get the buildup, the mineral buildup, um, stains, just running a diluted solution of vinegar water through your um, coffee maker. And then, of course, following it up with plain water for a while to get the vinegar taste out before you make coffee. Um, that works really well. Is it as simple as the mixture of vinegar and water and then running water through it for one making of coffee or do you need to do it more than once i usually run the water through it more than once just to make sure i don't have any flavor in fact if you buy a new coffee maker you might want to do that as well to get the plastic yeah, taste come out with that plastic smell yeah. yeah um and you know we've you've also used uh vinegar <laughs> on the shower head D didn't you put some i did soak it in vinegar to get that um calcium deposit up. yeah and that was the full strength five percent vinegar that i soaked it in um, just to loosen those mineral deposits, and that frees up the shower head mm -hmm. to work a little better. And I have read uh, some uh, sources telling me that you can actually use vinegar either by itself or vinegar and salt on uh, scrubbing around your fixtures in the bathroom if you have a lot of buildup. I haven't tried it yet, so I'm looking forward to giving that a go because um, I've tried some other products that did not take it off, and I don't know how much scrubbing I'd have to do, but um, if you... If you can actually leave um, the faucet soaking, you know, where it's, there's a lime deposit in vinegar for a couple of hours, 
that would help. But I'm thinking like some of my residue is on a flat surface right around the, it's actually on the porcelain uh, that's right around the fixture. Mm -hmm. So I may have to try the vinegar and salt solution then. Okay. Well, believe it or not, there are actually entire books written on vinegar. And the one that I own and have consulted is by Vicki Lansky called Vinegar. But in her book, she actually cites, oh, probably, you know, 12 or 14 other so sources. And just to tell you the names of some of the ones that are the more general, they're just about vinegar as opposed to getting into the balsamic vinegar or apple cider vinegar. The ones that are general, um, Marie Nadine Antal has written, written The Incredible Secrets of Vinegar. Lawrence Diggs, Vinegar, the User-Friendly Standard Text Reference and Guide. Uh, there's another one. Emily Thacker, The Vinegar Book. So if you want to know more, you're at no loss for finding sources on vinegar. And we will include on the show notes page a link to Chuck's column as well as the link to the book we own, which is called Vinegar. That's the one written by Vicki Lansky. And we'll also include uh, descriptions of these other books that Vicki Lansky references as well. So you'll have lots of uh, resources on the show notes page. Just go to Longleaf Breeze and look for the program called Vinegar on the Farm. And that's the one that will have all this information. Hope you're doing well. We've enjoyed visiting with you. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.